Good. Real good. All right. Do we need the intro? Get the fly. Let's do it. Let's do it. Damn you, Adam. What's up, guys? We're back this week, episode 31, with New South Wales Blues rep, Tarek Sims. How you going, mate? Hey, lads. Yeah, good. Hey, Tarek. Good, thanks good, for coming down, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. I, um, I was just saying before, this is my first ever podcast that I've ever done. Broken in by the panda. He's, we've popped his cherry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sort of thinking, Parry, I should bring a bell just in case um, my storytelling gets a bit too long. You can sort of ring the bell so I can wrap it up a little bit quicker. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we like long form. We, yeah, we did four and for people who don't know, we no one knows. We did four and a half hours the other the other day and uh, forgot to press play. So yeah, yeah. yeah we're drunk. Record, so yeah, but, positive out of it. You could always redo it again. Just set aside another four well, hours. That's it's right. A good excuse. I've got the audio. I just wanted to listen to it because by the end of it, it's pretty messy. It's pretty <laughs> So, I'm trying, I don't know what I said. I'm, you guys can say any crap you want. I just make sure I don't want to get sued. Yeah, yeah. Matt's wife's a lawyer, for those that don't know. So yeah, so if you need, oh, you go. got yeah. a reputation to worry about. Yeah, that's right. So, what's been happening, man? Origin was it was a big game. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, sort of last month has been one of those things where you just sort of. I was only thinking about it just driving in here. It's just been been crazy, sort of. Um, you know playing for the Dragons and, um, you know, focusing on the start of the year and we got off to a good start and then we're sort of in that lull of, you know, what happens during the season with um, suspensions and injuries and and then, yeah, getting picked for State of Origin in the starting side was always, a, you know, a goal of mine and to sort of get that at, um, you know, my age, it was, um, you know, definitely a, a highlight of my career for sure. Yeah. It's like, it must be tough coming from... Like as a as an athlete in a different sport, looking in, I'm like, man, I don't know how you'd you'd be so pumped for Origin. Like you said, it's one of your your major goals to mm. to get a starting position, and then to be back down the next the next week, like five mm. six days later, yeah. you're playing in like for your club, and you know to have a shit week basically mm. with the with the with the team. Like how do you how do you stay up? Or consistent and driven when you go on, like you're on such a roller coaster through a whole season. Like, yeah, you're right. The, yeah, that's the best way to explain. It. It's probably like a roller coaster. You, you, you through Origin, it's, it's nothing like anyone else's experience. You know, you everything that you do is being recorded. There's always someone with a camera or a phone, or um, you know, getting content for the the, the blues. And um, you know, you, you're rubbing shoulders with the best in the game. Like, for example, on the weekend. Oh, sorry, in Origin. All week I was looking to my left. I'm obviously a left side back rower. So um, I looked to my left. I had um, Jerome, the, the new half that was coming in. He's been playing tremendous football, yeah, young yeah. bloke, and he, you know, he's setting the world on fire. Then I had Latrell Mitchell, which is obviously, you know, he, he's um, well known in, in footy circles and, and an absolutely dangerous player. And then we had Brian Totter uh, on the wing, and he was making his debut. So I had two rookies and, um, you know, a, a veteran centre. And you just look at him and you're just like, Fuck, oh, can we swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you're just looking at you like, fuck, we're all right. Like, no, no yeah, worries. that's yeah. right. No worries, boys. Like, we've got this. And then you look across to the, the other side of the field and you've got, you know, world class front rowers, a hooker, you know, plays for Australia, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, you've got blokes that are, you know, on the cusp of playing for Australia or at the top of their game. So you're just sort of looking across the line. Then out the back, you've got 
um, Tedesco. So he's yeah, like, yeah. any time they kick a ball up. Yeah, it's sweet. In yeah. my mind, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, I don't need to run back 40 yeah. metres because I know <laughs> He'll he's going right. to charge it back 40 metres. So, yeah. you know, you, you, when you rub shoulders with the best in the game, I think that gets the best out of you and it really drives you to not want to, first of all, let your coaches and your mates and family yeah. down, but let your teammates down either side. So it's one of those things where you ride that high all the way and you just you feed off each other's energy. But the mm. patterns yeah, for the Blues, are they similar to the patterns for St. George? Do, do you, you mean plays? The plays, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, There's no. a playbook? Or? Oh, we do get a playbook, but yeah. um, that's the other thing um, that's challenging is sort of um, you, you, you've got a lot of information and a lot of structure and play that is completely different to your playbook that you play with um, in your club level and then you've got your rep playbook. Yeah. And they're completely different plays. Some plays are the same plays but just called different um, names. So yeah. some you can sort of, in your mind, you can sort of set them aside and you're like, oh, right, that plays that this play is that play, but I just need to call it a different name. But under fatigue is, is oh rare. yeah, that's right. You that's switch it, back, and yeah. you got to remember you're playing in front of thirty eight thousand people, so it's not like you can go, oh, what's that play again, mate? Fucking yell, yell it to me again, and then mm. you can't you, hear anything. Yeah, you got to cram everything into that week. Plus, you've got to do your recovery, do your review of training, watch training, dissect training, get ready for next training session because the training sessions are just at a, another level because. The game's at another level at Origin. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you're in that environment, it's so exhausting. So, so you're using your mental and your physical, but then you've got to get your recovery in, plus deal with media, deal with, um, you know, not deal with, but, you know, address the fans, talk to fans, yeah. engage with them, um, you know, while your, your brain's going wild. And then in the back of your mind, you've got your family at home and, and they're away, the kids are at school, your wife's holding up the floor, yeah, yeah. while you're doing it. My, my wife's running her own business, so... It's just, just, just crazy, crazy, crazy. But then, um, you know, on the night, on uh, Wednesday night, it just came together. Yeah, didn't it? Far out. That was a hell of a game. Mate, it, it was. And look, going up to towns, obviously, I played for the Cowboys for four years. So oh, I, saw, yeah. I, I knew what the, the fans would be like up there. And it is football's a religion up there. They, you know, when they go out at, at lunchtime at school as kids, they play footy. You know, yeah, after, yeah. after school, what do you want to do? Let's go down the park and play footy. They just mm-hmm. football, football, football. And going up to Townsville, um, you know, that's nowhere near New South Wales. And no. It's very, very <laughs> they were pretty pumped for it as well, very, weren't they? Yeah, very limited <laughs> flights. So, um, yeah. you know, the, just running out to a sea of um, maroon to enter Sandman from Metallica, mate. It was, um, you, you, want to talk about awesome. put, you want to talk about putting lead in a pencil, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like the stadium there that's not huge as well, you know. like Yeah, look, it's a, it's a brand new stadium, beautiful venue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was just one of those things because we were originally meant to play down in Melbourne. That was the other thing. So yeah. when you come into Origin Camp, your first day is pretty much consumed by media. You do, you might do, throughout that course of the day, you've got to do jersey fittings, photos, um, medical checks, uh, media. Um, you know, you've got to fit lunch in there somewhere and then you've got to do media and then suit fittings and then dinner. Yep. And then we have our team drink. So that's all on the first day. So you've got to cram that all in. But two days later, the venue changed from Melbourne Jesus, yeah. to Townsville. So then the media had to come back in. And because it went from Melbourne, a neutral ground, to Townsville, the media were like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, how, how do you feel about that? And it's like, well, fuck. It's the same size field. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we sort of yeah. looked at it. We yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, it's going to suck because we're not going to have many Blues fans there. But... Um, you know, 
going up there, it's, an, it's going to be an experience that we're all going to bond together and we've got an opportunity to go up there and be the victors or be the victims. Mm. Yeah. What was the crowd like at the, towards the end of the game? Did they start... The, the, well... Quieting down a little bit? Well, because we were scoring so many yeah, tries, so. mate, and some of our tries were pretty spectacular. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you could see. And like I said, their football up there is a religion. So whenever a good try was scored, they'd be like, oh, fuck, that was actually Fair good. enough. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They'd, Appreciate they'd, it. Oh, yeah. good on them. But yeah, just, just before halftime, uh, Queensland ended up pegging one back. And I remember running back. Um, after they scored, I remember running back to the try line and my ears were going, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa from whoa. the noise. It was just so loud. And I thought... Fuck! If we give these pricks a smell, then this second half could be pretty tough. So, yeah. Um, yeah but luckily enough for us, we only kept them to one, one, one try, and um, yeah, we kept them pretty quiet. Fuck, man! I, I don't know how you'd come back down from that. Like, I always spoke about the opening ceremony of the games. Mm. Like, just for that just ruined me for life. Yeah, I've just been searching for it since. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's those highs that. Um, as professional athletes, you sort of chase because, um, like I said, warming up in a in a world class stadium with the best in you know best in rugby league, you just get that feeling, that vibe that you just want to fucking go out there and tear something. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You run out to enter Sandman into the you know the, the lights that the, the stadium goes dim because all the light the stadium's just world class. So the, yeah, yeah. The lights are flashing and you know buzzing off of maroon and blue and maroon and blue and then it goes black and then enter Sandman comes and you charge out and you'll see your fans that hate you. Yeah. Um, you know it's just you're on this high and then we sing the national anthem <laughs> and then it's kickoff time and then you're just into it before you know it you're taking a hit up or you're making a tackle and getting flogged and mm. um, you know it's just one of those things and the speed of the game the way it is now it's just it um, is a big step up from it's just unbelievably it? fast yeah. unbelievably fast but um, yeah like I said we prepped really well we got ready, ready for it but that high after the game was just one like I've never experienced before as soon as that final siren buzzed you know, we sort of all embraced and sort of talked about what we just achieved, but then your focus sort of goes to there's still two more games left. And mm. then we sort of addressed that then and there on the field as a group. And then, um, yeah, we went into the field, started, um, you know, hugging our families, getting our little, I got two little girls, so I got yeah, my yeah. daughters on the field and my nephew oh, on awesome. the field. So it was, but then, like, because the game kicks off at eight o'clock, sorry for rambling a bit, but um, the game starts at eight and then you finish, like, obviously, 80 minutes later. Yeah do all your media and then by the time we got out of the sheds it was 11.30 at night and then um, we busted back when we finally got back to the hotel it would have been you know 12 o'clock or you know quarter past 12 and then we've got our blues um, ceremony so then you you give out the awards and then you talk and then um, you know you, you mingle with the sponsors and then by the time that um, we've sort of finished up it was about one one thirty two o'clock and the boys that wanted to go out because lock, oh, lockouts at two o'clock. So the boys, it, oh, the boys yeah. that wanted to go out, they were, sort of had one foot out the door, thinking, "Fuck, I want to go out yeah, and yeah, have yeah. a look." But um, you know, us, us older boys just sort of held back and had a few beers with the um, with the sponsors, and that we would have finished up at about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But then we got the seven o'clock wake up call for the eight o'clock bus leave for the nine o'clock flight. Wow. So it was just oh, like man. bang, 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 bang. Flying uh, fly to Sydney, obviously deal with the media there, drive from Sydney back to, well, it's a three-hour flight, drive back down to where I live, that's another two hours from the airport, and then, um, you know, you just got to sort of flush what's just happened in the yeah, last 48 yeah. hours, and then you got to get ready for club land, because you can't let your club down as well, because, mm. you know, that's one of the things that, you, that well, you know, I, I want to pride myself on, is, is, is backing up just to play just as good for my club as I did for um, yeah. New South Wales. So you've got to get back into that mode. Like, 
and then on top of that, you've got to deal with your injuries, recovery, you've got to fit all yeah, that in. Yeah. Plus, then you've got to deal with um, your kids, your yeah. wife, because they haven't seen you in 10 days. Yeah, yeah, camp yeah. goes for 10 days. So yeah. you've been away from your family for 10 days. So it's a lot to sort of juggle in. But, um, you know, Mark, you, you, you know more than ever. Sometimes your sport, you need to be selfish to be successful. Yeah. And that's why it, ha- it helps to have a, a supporting partner that understands what is needed mm. for you to achieve your goals. Yeah. yeah. So. What do you do, in your, do you, through the season, do you have anything you go and do just to kind of chill out or take your mind off things, level back out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the ocean. As soon as I hit that ocean or the sand, mate, it's just like a recovery. It's just a reset button for me once I... Um, sort of get down from a high or whether it be a good game or a bad game yeah. the beach the ocean is just um, you know one of those things that just levels me straight out and um, you know it was one of the first things I did when I when I had a bit of time was um, go straight to the beach and just sort of sink my feet into the sand nice. and just, yeah, yeah. just level out and, and obviously with my daughters like you know, just little things. You know, look at their drawings that they've done over the last week. You know, technology now is so great that you can just FaceTime. You can feel like you're right yeah, there. Yeah, right the there. Room. But it's a different thing when you can sort of sit there and look at their paintings and look at their drawings that they've, written, that they've um, drawn and find out the new words. My daughters are just learning new words. So it's sort of yeah. one of those ones where you can just sort of look back and just go, wow, like, far out. You, you forget how fast they grow. I was only gone for 10 days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for example, my daughter can spell hippopotamus. I can't even spell Yeah. <laughs> so just in those 10 days she's learned how to spend, uh, spell hippopotamus yeah. so yeah they, it, it's one of those things where you just got to sort of um, just get back into the groove of things just level out that's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of a good way of staying in what you're doing now too I guess because it shows you how quick everything goes oh mate yeah. like you know you feel like it's going to go f- forever when you're young oh yeah like I, I remember it feeling like oh fuck this is not ending for ages like 30 plus is ages away yeah then all of a sudden, I'm like, you especially notice it with your kids, you blink and they grow up. Yeah, and then I was yeah. like, shit, I'm fucking 32. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much my best days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like- well, yeah, and just going back to what I touched on before, you'd know better than anyone. When you're in those camps, you've got to worry about, in your profession, you've got to worry about getting hit, slipping punches, doing what you need to do. You need to focus on that and you need to just zone in on it. You can't carry that into training because if you're thinking about, oh, fuck, I need to pay this bill, I need to fucking make sure that's yeah, done. Yeah. But, you know, oh, after training, I've got to make sure I take her over here and then she's got tutoring. It. Yeah. If you do that when you're training, you're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I think that's one of the, the main things that I've always been really good at is... Um, Work time is work time. Work time, yeah. Once I once I pick up my work bag and, and get in the car to, to leave for training, it's time for me to go to fucking work. Yeah, and I'm thinking about nothing else. And if I, if I do, and I have a bad training session, then it'll reflect on my review, and then it'll reflect on my game. So as soon as I go into that mindset of right, it's time to fucking knuckle down, do work, and then vice versa. When once I finish training, once I pick up my bag to put it back in in the back of my truck to go home, right. I, okay, I need to get, make sure I get home in, you know, 20 minutes because then I'll, that'll give me 10 minutes with the girl and make sure they've got, um, you know, food in their guts before I take them to tutoring. So it's just one of those mindsets things. And that's one one thing I've always been really good at is making sure that I'm focused and, and dialed into what I want to do because I want to be the best as I can. Like, yeah. even though I'm 31 at the moment, I still feel like I can still go, but I need to take those steps to make sure that I'm performing at a high level yeah. and, and a standard that I think that is um, competitive 
to be the best in the game. I, yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a player that hangs on or, or, or um, you know, should have given it away or should probably back off and, and sort of fade away in the distance. I think I'll know when I'm ready when my body starts letting me down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had some bad injuries over the time, but my mindset's never wavered from I want to be the best. I don't. Yeah. I don't play the game to be a number or be someone in a jersey. I want to be the starting player. I want to be the best player. I want to be one of the best players on the field. I want to contribute. And, um, you know, that mindset's never wavered for me um, in my career. Mm. It's funny because you can draw, like, parallels between the conversations me and Matt have had mm. about my own my well, you're, you're, well, the training aspect's and, different, though, as well, because you train maybe with a, one or two other people, whereas you, you have another – you've got a whole bunch of guys around you and you can get into this – you know this mindset this framework with uh, Mark and I have, we've talked about this before we, in, in a footy team I've got 17 other blokes that if I'm having a down day if I'm at like a 7 or an 8 I've got people that I can lean on yeah, yeah. to help me get to that level or that can cover for me if I have a down game or if I'm injured and they, they need to protect me or I need to protect them I can draw on that whereas Mark we've talked about it before it's it's you've got no one else you're on your own you've got a bloke coming back into your corner when you go back to the corner telling you what you can do but it's up to fucking you to go do it like there's no easy way around what you do there's Mm. there's no one to lean on yeah 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 there's there's no one to lean on I don't think there is in what you guys do either this year's probably the first year I've really started looking at it yeah and I think especially in those fucking games like Origin that Mm. shit's so fast and so intense and like I remember looking at the first 15 minutes going Fuck me. Yeah, that, yeah, like how that's, many runs? Yeah, like. yeah. That's easily the fastest game I've ever played in my entire career, yeah. even since the start of the, this year with the new rules. I think, um, like I've played in Origins before and they were they were fast and they were quick, but, you know, teams can sort of, well, they used to be able to sort of kick it out and you'd get 30 seconds or 40 seconds rest while you walk to the scrum. Yeah, yeah. Now, during the game, we kicked the ball. We had a really good set, kicked the ball out, and then this little prick of a ball boy just straight fling, away. flings one straight in, yeah. and then you just, you're back into it. Yeah. So there's just no time to rest now. The game's just changed. That intensity, but like when you're saying about, you know, you're doing this, this, and this to try, and you're in the game to be the best at what you do, like you notice it. You can see it when you play. Like I, I always said to um, I was sitting there watching that. I say, you. you Play like a play like a poor kid still, you know. What I mean, like you got that hunger and drive, and like because you do want to be the best. And thinking, of, you know, I'm talking about myself again, but it's not for me. I'm just trying to draw. Yeah, like I'm working through something as yeah. it is, like with my own shit, and then that just kind of struck a chord. It's like um, why, you know, you're clear as to why you're in the game. Like you still want to be the best at thirty. 31 yeah yeah so. and we yeah like we talked about this before when you come out of my house and um I, the game and the, the way that the game's played and how we play it if you're out there second guessing yourself you're going to injure someone else mm-hmm. or injure yourself yeah so i think the way that you got to play it is at a high intensity and they get found out people that have it they have it and you mm-hmm. can see it and if people don't have it you can see it and they're the ones that you target in your video sessions that you want to get at because mm-hmm. you know that they're going to break mentally or physically or whatever it is but um yeah going back to what we we're talking about before um like my mum and dad still live in the same house that they lived in when we were growing up they raised five kids in a three-bedroom house in Jeringong. um 
you know, they've never asked for anything. We've we've offered to, you know, they've had four of their five kids play in the NRL on on decent money. Never once have they asked, oh, can you move us out into a new house or can you give me something? They, that, that's what sort of motivates me as well is when I go home to the same house, it's the same, the rooms are still the same, everything's still the same. Yeah. Um, it just drives me to, to, to be better, to be more, to give them more, to give my family more, to provide better for my family. And, um, you know, when I, when I see that, it just motivates me like fucking like, – I, I can't explain it. It's, it's mm. one of those things where – when you look at it, you're just like, fuck, like how, how could they raise five kids in a three-bedroom house? Oh, like my dad's a dairy farmer, works in the morning. Uh, he's a dairy farmer in the morning then does landscaping during the day and then he milks again in the afternoon. Jesus, yeah, yeah. He's done that for 15 to 18 years, as long as I can remember. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's always provided. And mum was always the mum at home that sort of steered the ship around and just sort of let us know where we can and can't go, what we can and can't do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, dad was always missing out on um, sporting achievements because he was always making money to try and send us to places. Um, yeah. At one stage there, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't even have a car. Mm. That motivated me. Fuck, I want to get mum and dad a car. I bought my dad a ute. Yeah, that 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 sort of stuff. That's know, gold. That that, yeah. moti- that motivates me. That it's and it's still seared into my brain because, um, you know, growing up, I remember when the um, the phone company come around and cut our phone off because we dad didn't pay the bills because we couldn't we couldn't afford it. Yeah, but that's not important. We were poor. We 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 weren't well off financially, but we were rich in love. And oh yeah, we were, we were rich with um, competitive spirit. Like I said, there's five of us. The oh, four yeah. of us played in the NRL. Like my sister, she just got a um, a huge award off the Queen. Oh and wow! And then uh, you know my sister CJ, my middle sister CJ, um, you know she played Australia in uh, NFL. Yep. She represented Australia in NFL, and then obviously um, Ashton, myself, and Corbin have um, all been in the NRL. But, you know, Rowan, she's blazed trails in um, women's rugby league. She's opened a lot of doors. She's inspired a lot of kids to do better. And I think when people look into her story or meet her and, and find out about her, yeah. um, that, 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 that can motivate her. If she can go from where we were to where she is now, yeah, yeah. the mm. only thing is a mindset. That's what I think, you know, a professional athlete, that, that's a that's a that's a huge, um, you know, that's a huge string in their arsenal. Yeah, if yeah. they can get their mindset right, once you get your mindset right, a lot can mm. uh, you can you can make a lot of things oh, happen. Shit, yeah. Like I, I was never, and I'll be the first one to admit, I, out of my whole family, out of all five of us, I was the least, I was the least skillful. I was the I was the scrawniest. Yep. That's what they used to call me. The run. I was the run of the pack. All my family members were very skillful at uh, rugby league, rugby union, whatever it was. So sorry, but sports were always like your parents are big on sports. How how did the whole so sport my, thing start? My mum was so my mum moved from Fiji to Australia. Oh, your mum's Fijian. Yeah, mum's oh, yeah, mum's Fijian. Dad's just Australian. Yeah, yeah. So mum moved to Australia when she was fourteen years old. Met my dad, um, obviously a couple of years um, later, but met my dad and then my dad, um, when he met her a night out up at um, Heathcote at the pub, um, yeah. met, her, met her one year and then uh, talked to her and her sister. She's one of 14, dad's one of nine. Yeah, wow. And um, yeah, met her one year and then dad went on a six-week surf trip, ended up spending a bit too much time overseas and then got brought back to Australia. Oh. And then... 
when he came back to Australia, he re- re-met my mum and then the yeah. rest is history. They got together and then started having kids. Wow. And How know. did mum go from Fiji? Was she down here in the gong or when she first moved over? No, nah, up in uh, Western Sydney. So, oh, Western yeah, Sydney. Yeah, Blacktown, okay. Blacktown area. So, um, and same thing. Nan, well, Nan's still there. Nan, when Nan oh, and Pa well. moved over there, yeah, they're still in the same house. And, yep. you know, they raised all the kids through there. And, um, yeah, they, it was... It was it's, there's Another, a big difference in from island life, Fiji back in the day. Oh yeah, would have been paradise almost, you know. And then come to Western Sydney, which isn't bad. Yeah, but you know, it's not paradise. Not many, there's not many beaches. <laughs> it's not Fiji. Yeah, it's not Fiji. It's not Fiji. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know, Mum was really sporty. She, um, you know, played New South Wales for netball. Oh um, shit, awesome. Australia. Um, you know, she's always been in her rowboats, but um, you know, sports always been that um, distraction. Not oh. I don't, I don't say distraction, but it's always been the, um, you know, the focus of our, our kids' lives or me and my siblings' lives yeah, yeah. because, um, you know, it, growing up was tough. But when we were on the sporting field... Everything equals out. We were equaled out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's when, I, that's when you start to talk about hunger and desire. That's where that started to come in because, yeah. like Mark was saying before, we... We were we were hungry. We wanted yeah, to get yeah, out. Yeah. We wanted to get out of where we were. We wanted to do something and make a better life for it. Yeah. And we saw that as an avenue. And you know, um, you I know, think look- also being in a club though as well. You know, it's a good environment for young men. You know, if you're out there just walking the streets or some shit, you know, anything can happen. But oh yeah, the yeah. Club environment. It's yeah. it's a really healthy thing for people. I yeah. Well, when I was, yeah when I was growing up, I was I had a. I had a crossroads moment for sure um, yeah. when I was growing up. So I moved from um, Jerengong to Brisbane when I was 17. So I finished year 12 on the oh, yeah. Tuesday. Flew to – so sorry, sorry to backtrack. But um, so Corbin signed with the Brisbane Broncos as a young okay. kid when he was 14 years old. And Ashton was already playing first grade for the Dragons. Yeah. So they signed Corbin, then they signed Ashton. And they're like, oh, you know there's another third brother. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, is, the run. He, is he going any good? And they're <laughs> yeah. like, no, nah, but it'd be a good story. So I literally signed <laughs> I literally signed with Brisbane as like a um, – a story like a, as a wow. newspaper story yeah, so yeah. so finished finished school finished year 12 on the tuesday uh flew up to brisbane on the wednesday and i started a full-time apprenticeship um on the friday so yeah. i went from barely attending school to all of a sudden i was in a job where i had to work eight to nine hours a day and and do a job yeah um, what job is that finishing binary printing okay so, yeah, yeah. yeah printing so um yeah i went from there working all throughout the day in a big factory and then um yeah and then training in the afternoon but the coach that i have now actually at the dragons anthony griffin um, yeah he was the 20s coach at the time and oh, so yeah. in 2000 and uh that was at the end of 2007 so the start of 2008 the new competition the 20s competition came in and then that's when i was sort of at the crossroads of my you're going to stick at it? Life, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like I said, all I wanted to do was, um, you know, muck around my mates, do things that I shouldn't be doing, and, um, you know, drink and party on the weekend. And, yeah. um, you know, when I moved up to Brisbane, I, I, I lost all my close group of mates, but I had my mates up there that I met through football. So 2008 was coming through, and I sort of did all pre-season. I was a winger then. I was only I was only about 70 kilos. Yeah. And I was playing against blokes that were probably about 100 kilos. So... My coach now, uh, Anthony Griffin, he's like, if I can do a voiceover, because I yeah, do it, yeah. I, I copy him pretty well. He's like, oh, fuck, I don't know what you want to do, but 
football ain't it and I was just like oh, oh, fuck no. like, okay. <laughs> so I've always I've always so one bloke's opinion that I've always and will always um, appreciate is my, my dad's opinion so I sort of called him up and, he, and he's just like well my coach just told me that I can either fuck off back to Jerangong and just milk cows and go surfing or um, you know I can knuckle down finish off this year 2008 finish off 2008 in the lower grades and have a good run into pre-season next year and he's just like oh fuck what do you want to do my 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 mum and dad have always told me if you pick something stick to it yeah if it doesn't work out when it's finished so say it was football cricket whatever it was by the end of that season if it's if, if you're not into it you can quit you can do whatever you want you can just change it whatever you want to do just stick it out to the end so that's what i did so i stuck out at the end of 2008 and i was just like oh, all my mates are down here. Everyone's turning 18. Because I remember yeah, yeah. up there when I was 17. So sure. all my mates were turning 18. And everyone was having parties and sending me messages and saying, oh, you should be down here. You missed a cool party, like, on the weekend. Or, you know, we're starting to go out in town. Like, you should have said, we yeah, caught yeah. the train up. And we did a runner on the cabbie. Like, things like that. <laughs> like, and as an 18-year-old, you want to do those things. Because yeah. at the time, that's what everyone else is doing. So you're like, oh, yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, me mate Ned just fucking fell over and hurt his knee, like, doing a running from cabin, then got flogged by the cabbie. Like, <laughs> You want to be there for those things, but, yeah. you know, I always had that drive and desire and then um, for something else because my brother, my older brother was playing first grade for the Broncos and my little brother was sort of coming through and I was just like, well, fuck, I don't want these pricks to get too far ahead of me. So I thought, right, I'm going to have a real good crack at it. So at the end of 2008 to 2009, I ended up putting on 12 kilos just through eating supplements and, um, you know, just training hard because I was super dedicated. So I was in Brisbane. Yeah. I was there. I was away from my family. So I thought to myself, well, what are you doing? You might, might as well kick, yeah, I might, yeah, might as well not kick stone. So I actually started working more at my job and then focusing more on, um, you know, putting weight on because my coach said, oh, fuck, you're not playing for me unless you're 100 kilos. I was like, fuck. Right, eh? so I got to 100 kilos, and I'm like, Did you? Well, like yeah, yeah, I was like, Fuck, in your face, like I got to 100 kilos. It was just like, right, eh? played 2009 every game off the bench for the Toyota Cup, new competition that was coming in, and if you got Player of the Year, you got a car, and you got like and all these grants off the um, NRL to help you with your education or whatever you want to do, buy tools with it, whatever you want to do. So I was thinking, you know, that's the carrot. So 2009, I ended up playing every game off the bench for the Broncos 20s team. So I was just like, oh, that's pretty good. And then same thing, walked into his office, you know, towards the back end of the year. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to – going back before, like, I don't want to be uh, someone that's just going along with yeah. playing football. I want to be – I want to be a starting prop because by then I was a prop now so I've gone from the wing to, yeah, to the fucking middle so I'm like oh right well I'm in it now like I've put my foot in it I'm not going to I'm not just going to pull out so I'm yeah. like right what do I need to do to be your starting prop and he's like well fuck you need to put on another 10 kilos so I'm like oh fuck here we go <laughs> so I started again all through the off season, I just started just eating, training, eating, training, working, eating, training, work, eat, training, work. It was just so repetitive. And then I got to 110 kilos, and then I, my body started doing things that it wasn't doing before. I started handling bigger boys differently. I, I started to learn about uh, grappling. I started to learn about how I can dip into tackles. And because I've got now, I've got all this weight behind me. Yeah. Instead of me going backwards with them, I'm starting mm. to bend them yeah, forward. Yeah. And like Mark touched on before, I've got that real fucking hunger about me that I don't want to fucking lose. I hated getting put on my back. I hated getting put on show. So I was always just like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to just bend this fucking prick backwards here. So, and then I started using my body and figuring out about how my body can work and how it moves and how fast and how clean I can do stuff. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it started to become more mental 
was like, oh, I need to, like, I'm tired here, but if I go here, you know, this, this will help my team out. So I started doing things. So at the start of the 2010 competition, I was a starting prop for the Broncos, 20s team. Yeah. Played all, every game this every game that year, and anyone that knows my coach at the moment fucking loves a spray, loves to just pick on anything. So it's just a motivational tool. Yeah, yeah. And some people can some people can handle. We've talked about it before. Mm. Some people can handle this. It works for some people. Yeah. yeah. So you can address you can address certain people a certain way. You can like you can tell me straight to my face, fuck me, Dad. You're not doing that. You're not doing your job right. Like you you're being a lazy prick. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to let you down. And, you know, but if you say that to someone else, they might handle it and just go into their shell and they're just like, oh, God, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah, take this yeah. run mm-hmm. because if I, oh, I dropped my ball last time, like if I, if I do that again, he'll yell at me. Whereas, you know, other blokes, <laughs> they, they, they want to do something else. So. Yeah, yeah. So at the start of, yeah, start of 2010, I was a starting prompt. And then the coach, every game, he just picked on me and picked on me. I remember off one game, we are playing the Panthers at Suncorp Stadium because we played at all the stadiums where, so wherever the first grade were playing, the 20s team were playing there. Yeah, we were yeah. just their reserve grade, and that was the yeah. at the time. Anyway, um, at the start of the game, I was the prop, so the ball gets kicked off, and then they pass it to me, and I run it up there. I ended up making a break, 90-metre break, and then pass it off to my um, back row to score. Yeah. I thought, fuck, how good is that? Anyway, 20 minutes into the game. And I used to play the whole 80 minutes. I was the only prop to play 80 minutes because I had a good engine. Yeah. Anyway, I get hooked after 20 minutes. I'm going... What's going on here? Fucking hell. Anyway, the messages started coming down. Your fucking front rolls don't fucking do that. You make a break, you pass that fucking ball. No, no way. Like, really? So he was always he was just always into me and into me and into me. I'm like, yeah. this prick doesn't like me. Ever since I've come here, he's either told me to fuck off, put more weight on, or pulling me off the field. I'm like, oh fucking I, I just want to fucking shove it up his ass by by doing better. I yeah, just yeah. wanna just you know, just it was one of those things where I loved him and respected him as a coach, but like I just didn't know what his problem was with me. I'm like, fuck this! I just, I just don't get this bloke. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm only 20 years old, so I'm tr- still trying to figure out fucking myself. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure yeah. out my coach and my teammates. Anyway, so the back end of the year, I ended up getting the player of the year. Oh, at prop first prop to do it. Yeah, first prop to do it. So I was just like, fuck, I'm like. And then after I got the award, he calls me up and he just like, comes talk to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sweet, here it comes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come tell me to put on another fucking tag. <laughs> and he comes in and he's just like, mate, I'm fucking proud of you. That's what I wanted to do. I could see it in you from the start, but I was just driving you and driving you because I knew what I could get out of you. And yeah, yeah. as a 20-year-old, mate, it's just what I've done is, you know, it was pretty spectacular. And then... The penny dropped. I was just like, he didn't hate me. No, he's building the chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing, yeah. Could, but I couldn't see. I was 20 yeah. years Like I said, I was still trying to figure out myself. Yeah, yeah. And then he's coming in and then the penny dropped. And I was just like, fuck, this bloke, he, he just made me. He, yeah, he made yeah. me. He made me. He, he, he saw I was at a crossroads in 2008. He saw I was there. I could have either gone home, like I said, and gone surfing every day and milk cows in the morning, milk cows in the afternoon, fucking lived a life, you know, a pretty basic life in a beautiful spot. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, he saw something in me that I that he could he could pull out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And he just drove me. And he knew me, how to get it out. And drove me yeah. and drove me. And the whole time I'm thinking, this prick hates me. Like, But then when it happened, I was just like, holy shit. Like, he motivated me without motivating. Like, he motivated me through... Not hatred, but 
determination of just trying to prove him wrong. Yeah. And then, yeah, the rest is history. I ended up at the end of 2010, got player of the year. Um, you know, we got knocked out in the finals, but, um, you know, that launched me into a, um, a contract up in North Queensland. And then, you know, that's where my career took off and yeah. been here ever since. Was good living up there? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, my first um, couple of weeks there, Cyclone Yazzie hit. So, oh, shit. Um, you know, that was sort of an experience. Was it an experience? I've always, I know it's terrible, but I've always wanted to be in a cyclone. It was, it was unreal. Was it? So, yeah. Yeah, so again, this is where I'm talking about with the bell. So if I'm rambling. No, no, oh, go for it. It's your show. So it's about. Um, yeah, so I'd only been up there for maybe four or five weeks, and then, you know, this Australia's worst cyclones coming to hit you. And uh, we're, we're sort of going, oh, shit, you know, it's meant to be hitting on the Monday or whatever day it hit. So we're training and training and training up to it, and then we get to Monday, and it's like today. Blue skies, birds are chirping, yep. um, you know, doesn't even look like rain. We train in the morning, and mind you, most of, the, most of our Cowboys team in 2011 was um, Sydney blokes. There was only a handful of um, Townsville uh, locals in the team. Yeah. So we're going, oh, it couldn't be that bad. And like all through the news, they're like, get ready, get ready, get ready, tape your house up, make sure everything's put in the pools that you, that you, yeah, you yeah. don't want flying away, blah, blah, blah. We're getting ready for this cyclone and we're training in the morning. So we're all thinking, well, fuck, it couldn't be too bad. They're flogging us in the morning here. So yeah, yeah. we finish training and then they go, right, our boys, go home, just look after your families, be safe tonight. We've got the next two, three days off. So me... Being 21 years old, living in Townsville and, and living in the party house, yeah. we just went straight to the bottle. I got a couple of cases of beers, came back to our house, and we were just drinking, partying, carrying on. Sun started going down. A little bit of weather was coming in. We're like, oh yeah, you know, it's, looks like a bit of rain. Yeah. Nothing like nothing like what they were saying. Mind you, it's you know 38 degrees and the humidity is about 80. percent That's just a normal Townsville summer. Yeah, is it? Yeah. So we're just going, you know, it's just like a little thunderstorm roll over. It used to happen all the time. Anyway, we're drinking and drinking and drinking and it got to about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night and then all of a sudden just all the power went out. By then, we'd had, we've got a house full of people now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the power's gone out and we're like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, the, the cyclone, fire out. They must have turned the power off for the cyclone. Next thing we know, pull the curtains apart and it was like someone had a fire hose on our window and it was just blowing our wow. window and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> house full of 21, 22-year-olds and we're like, oh, what, like, what should we do? And we're like, yeah, pick up the pot plant. Let's see how far out we could walk out in the road on the plot with the pot plant in the middle of the side. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're we're drinking, having a good time, mucking around. Yeah, coming, you know, doing all these funny races and that. And then it just sort of started to really settle, in, like set in that we're in the middle of the cyclone. And then, sure enough, by about one o'clock, the eye of the storm had sort of rolled over us, and it yeah. was just like it's like a movie. Everything stops. There's no wind, no water, no rain, no nothing. Like there's clouds in the sky, but it's just silence. Yeah, everywhere's just silence. Just, you can hear water dripping from the roof because it's obviously torrential rain. And then, yeah, ten minutes later, it's just back on, just pumping oh, you with water. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was just one of those things where I experienced. And then the next morning, because it's so hot, um, yeah. the next morning we couldn't sleep in. So we're like, oh, let's get in the aircon. So we got in our cars and we just sort of drove around to assess all the damage in that, seeing crocs on the road. And, oh, shit. Yeah, just because yeah. I was sort of swimming up through all the all the canal waterways and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it, was, like it, it was just one of those things where it's like, this isn't real life. Huge trees just taken down, like power lines everywhere. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy, yeah. So you can't swim up there, eh? Like in the, in the in the ocean, yeah. they've got little um, areas that are sort of um, – 
you know, sort of fenced in. Oh, uh, yeah. Not fenced in, but like swimming zones because they've got these little things up there called irriganges. They're the size of your um, pinky fingernails and they're, they're super poisonous. They can kill you. Yeah. So the, the, they skim them. Every, they skim the swimming areas, but the water's not – it's not like refreshing. It's like a – It's a warm bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm bath. So it's like – if you want to go swimming, you go in someone's pool. But yeah, so you've got these nets that you can swim in. So they, you, if the irriganges don't get you and you don't swim in the nets, the irriganges will get you. If the irriganges don't get you, the crocs will get you. If the crocs don't get you, then the bull sharks will get you. So it's just <laughs> like, fuck, I'm just going to stay, stay out of the I'm just going to stay Because we were going to go up there, take the kids up and out. And I, and I heard about that. And I'm like, well, yep. 38 degrees, all, all I'd want to do is get in the water. Yeah. No, fuck that. Yeah, you know, it'll be like pools. Yeah, it'll be like, like torture. Yeah you, just, yeah, you just need pools. Yeah. yeah. Pools is the way. Throw some ice, ice in them. Oh. Wim Hof it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I like the cold. ice bath. Yeah, the ice bath. Yeah, I love it. Good. The good stuff. Power. There's power in the cold. There is. Mm. Especially when your body's fucked up. Oh, yeah. My heart. How is your body now at 31? What, it, what, what kind of stuff's happened to it? What, what injuries have I <laughs> yeah, had? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Like I said, get the bell out, boys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, the first. So, this year. Um, this year from the back end of last year to this year was the first year of my whole career this is my 12th season playing this is the first um this is the first year i haven't had surgery to put it that way so really um so we've got like so when i first came into grade i snapped my leg both uh, both bones in my leg uh, in the last game of the round so i had to get a um put in cards so I had it from my toes to my hip because I was only 21 years old so my body was still growing so I had my, my, my left leg in a cast from my hip to my toe and then um, you know made it through that um, and then the next year about six or seven rounds in just a freak accident I sort of um, obviously was back playing f- um, first grade and then um, you know my half sort of shot out at a bloke and he missed him so I dove to get him but someone else was standing behind him and my leg literally just on, from the shin way, just wrapped around the front of his leg, um, the front way. So oh, re-snapped it, just hit hit where I broke it before and just went straight around his leg. So snapped my leg again, the same leg, the same spot, um, you know, seven rounds into the next year. And then um, that was when the docs were like, yeah, we'll put a rod in it. So now I've got a, a steel rod in my, my left leg. Um, and then the next year I did my syndesmosis in my one of my ankles, um, and then the year after that, I did my shoulder. And then the year after that, I did my other shoulder. And then the year after that, I did my shoulder and my knee. Year after that, I did my other knee. And then the year after that, I did my. I had a full groin reconstruction, where they literally just cut you from your hip bones down to where your dick starts, pretty much. Yeah. And then they open you up, and I had a I had a heap of. Um, what was that like? Broken hip or something? Like broken pelvis? Was it? Or? No, 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 no. So groin. So I tore both my groins. So the groins oh, okay. that run yeah, yeah. that run through your your hip flexors down into your obviously yeah. down there. Um, they they all attach through your guts as How'd well. How'd you do that? Was that a tack? Someone tackled you there? Or? No, it's just overuse running. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, how I did it, I, I tore my groins at the start of the year. I tore my left groin at the start of the year just playing football and then I was just getting needled and needled to play. Yeah. And then um, through doing that, you obviously comp- um, compensate on your good side. So yeah, you load yeah. up your good side. That was what was wrong with me when I did my leg. My right leg was stronger than my left leg. Yeah. But it was taking a lot more wear on my knee because I was favouring my right knee because yeah, I was trying yeah. to compensate for this left leg. Same thing with my groin. So I, I injured my left groin, and then throughout the year, I ended up tearing my right groin 
from trying to push off too hard for my my good yeah. side. So I had two I had to, I had two tall groins, and then I had a heap of hernias inside there as well. Fucking hell! I got some wicked photos if you want to see them. Where they? Oh yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll put them on. Adam, man. Adam, or Adam. Yeah, yeah. Send yeah. Them yeah. Them to yeah. us. He'll yeah. put them yeah. in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. And it's after just, he did that, he come up. How many days was it? Maybe like two days later, or a day later, or something. He come up to. We ran a program for young young guys like a weekend of training and just mm, like yeah. championship quality type type weekend mm. uh incorporating sport and training into just helping them evolve and just get involved in shit together yeah, yeah. and taz come up just just out of not wanting to let him down come up and, and spoke and the guy like he jumps down he's a fucking waddling up to the buddy <laughs> to the up the path on the fucking yeah. disabled track i was like man that that's when I thought, fuck, this dude's a good dude because, yeah. like, that takes some character because oh, yeah. he looked fucked up and well, he was just concerned about not letting us down. Us down. Like, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. I I I've always known from a young age. Like I said, my brother was playing first grade when I was eleven or twelve years old. So my mum used to always go and watch him because mum mum never worked when we were growing up. So yeah. you know, whenever we were sick or. Um, We'd always just jump in the car with mum because mum would always go watch Ashton train at training. Oh yeah, yeah. So I understood from a very young age how how important and how impact how much someone can impact someone's life. So when I was younger, seeing my brother train, that was awesome. Seeing him yeah. train and training with you know blokes like Trent Barrett, Matthew Head, you know Sean Timmons, I'm like, oh, wow, God, really? Yeah. Those guys are they're playing New South Wales, they're playing for Australia, like that's so cool. And then for them at the end of training to be doing kicking or whatever it is, and you know, call me over, yeah, just to kick their ball back. I know how much of an impact that had on me. So if I can take my time time out of my day, yeah, to go help, you know, Mark. And like I said, I'll do anything for Mark, whatever he wants. I, I'll help him out. But he asked me something, and I just had a full groin reconstruction, double reconstruction. I could barely walk, but because I gave him my word that I wanted to help him out and I knew that these kids are at a crossroads where I was. Yeah. They were a lot younger when they were at that crossroads, but um, I know how much of an impact that could have on their life. They could go one or two ways. They can go fucking steal cars and, you know, yeah. get total car, burn cars, break into people's houses. Or they can go, oh, shit, actually, like, I really want to box. Like, I want to... Yeah, I can I do to, something. I want to focus in on this. This could actually lead me down a path that could open up to some something else. Yeah. So, yeah, when I when I gave my word to Mark that night, I was just like, yeah, the, I'm going to make it. So, yeah, we drove up to Sydney, and, yeah, when I was getting out of the car, it was just... Like I said, because they pretty much were just decapitate you from your groins to your, yeah. to your hip and just pull everything out, reattach everything. I showed you the photos. Yeah, you? that yeah. fucking... Nice. So, you, so you're up inside. I think I would have had, you know close to 30 or 40 stitches on each side of my groins on the inside so um you know it's just one of those things where i I knew i knew the impact i could have on someone's yeah yeah for sure i wanted to probably even more impactful seeing you do that yeah yeah it's funny sitting down and talking about we went over for a barbecue and a couple of taz's mates were there i I didn't i've only just started watching footy this year so yeah. i had no idea that footy players that we started chatting and they're all talking about injuries and he's showing me the groins and the shoulders and i was sitting there thinking man i take like some damage in this sport but it's it's real different yeah it's a different topic. it's like yeah. you guys are like fucking 100 kilo monsters mm. running into oh, each yeah, other that's it. I just take acute head trauma. <laughs> I'd like, probably go to hundred kilos. Head trauma. But like I'm like that's it's just it's funny like um, 
you associate like it's, it's like there's different different types of damage done yeah like mm. in a way but i think about it the you know if you go watch the rugby league in the 80s i'm from new zealand so we watch mm. a lot of union they were skinny cats back yeah. then you know compared to now where mm. the halfback's fucking massive the man, wingers are know. bigger than half the forward pack yeah nowadays they're just they're bred different they're well, just well that was a classic jonah started that didn't he man yeah oh, absolutely, you know yeah. fucking 120 kilos or whatever he was and he was doing steam 10, down the wing. 10 second yeah you know, fuck, he was on genetics. Like, gen- genetics. <laughs> I remember there's a Wallaby game and Campisi was like one of the greatest yep. uh, Aussie um, wingers ever. You know, and he came up against China and, and he could have tackled him, but he just ran alongside yep. him. <laughs> 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 I didn't get him in the way of that cool. train, man. <laughs> and that was the start of it. And the thing is, you can muscles get bigger, everything gets bigger and stronger, but your tendons don't do that. You know, like these well, these ligaments. You got to look after them. Yeah. Like, you, you know, Mark, perfect example. His body's his tool. Yeah. If Mark just rolled into a fight, underdone or with an injury, yeah, you can sort of try and hide some things, but you're going to get found out. Oh, yeah. You've got to look after your body. You've got to invest in your body to make sure that you're performing at a high level. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to get found out. There's there's no – I can't think of a sport where you can, um, you know, sort of get through without training and then still perform at a, at yeah. a high level. Mm. So you're, you're on a diet? Like you look after no. what you eat and all that? <laughs> no. no. Taz has got this fucking – Junk food diet. Junk food diet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to talk to Gary. Seafood. We had Gary on last time. Yeah. yeah. You've got, you got a Ferrari there, man, and you're putting fucking um, unleaded in it. Yeah, look, I, I do, I, I've got a sweet tooth. I'm not going to oh, lie. I've got a sweet tooth, lo- man. Lo- yeah. Love me, love my junk food. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm when, when I start to focus in on what I want to eat, then that's when it, I can, I can, can knuckle, knuckle down, down on yeah. it. But, um, you know, to perform... You need you need that good fuel in your body. You, you yeah. need to you need to put that good stuff here every now and then. But um, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and you need it. But there's like this thing too where people associate athletes with health all the time. But it's like you just you need performance, which in turn you'd probably be better if you're healthy. Yeah, people don't understand that you need like a release. It's oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like being in camp, out of camp, yeah. like. Uh, your mentality is different. I always drink heaps more if I'm not training and focused because yeah. I feel like I just, you need that mental release and yeah. you eat shit. You're like a spring. Yeah, like you're real well, yeah. So like to be on for, you know, how, how many how months? Is it like eight months at a year or six months at a yeah, year? Yeah, well, there's, so? there's 25 rounds plus finals and that's if you go deep into the finals, that's six games. But in between that is origin and that's a mm. step up so you know you get those 26 games in between there there's those three really intense games uh, and then final series where the intensity obviously goes up because the quality of football is getting a lot better and it's yeah, at yeah. the point in the season so and at the end of the year we only get six weeks off a year yeah yeah so the year finishes six weeks from that day yeah we get six weeks off until pre-season starts again so yeah, that's so, not a lot of time so man. in that in that six weeks so say you're busted yeah. you've got to have surgery surgery you get you get chopped up so it finishes on the Saturday, you get surgery on the Sunday. Then from Monday for two weeks you can't move because you've just been opened up, fresh wound, whatever it is. Whatever. Yep. That's your first two weeks of your holiday gone because you've been bedridden. The next two weeks is physio and getting it moving. So you, you're starting to move your shoulder, your knee, your, whatever yeah. it is. You, you're just starting to move it. You're just starting so it doesn't seize up or so you can make sure those tendons are still working, make yeah, sure yeah. everything's working fine. And then the last two weeks, you've only got two weeks before you start training, so you've got to go, fuck, I've got to start eating healthy. I've got to start doing little yeah, things yeah. so I'm not going in cold. So really, you got to, in, in between there, you've got to try and find somewhere where you can sort of decompress. And, and yeah, for sure. 
but then you've got to get ready for training because the intensity of training going from doing nothing with an injury to a high... So it's full training, but they don't ease you into it? Like well, it depends on your injury. Okay, yeah, yeah. it depends on your injury. If Obviously, if it's a shoulder injury, you wouldn't be doing contact, but you'd be running like fuck. Yeah. But if it's a lower leg... Uh, injury, you'd be doing a ton of um, upper body cardio, skier, rower, things like that. Yeah. So you can stay. There's, there's nowadays there's a ways mm, around to get everything. conditioning yeah. in. Yeah. So you don't miss a beat. But like I said, out of that six weeks, you're pretty much spending four of those six weeks bedridden yeah, or, yeah. or at home. So it's still affecting you anyway. You're not getting away. You're not from decompressing. It. Yeah, yeah. You're not decompressing. And then, um, you know, you. The last two weeks, your your mind's starting to think, oh shit, I'm going to get be, be getting yelled at and I'm be running a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but and then going back to the diet thing, when you know a, a little bit of cake or a little bit of chocolate every night to me, in my eyes, because we're running 10, 12 yeah, yeah. k's a day, we're burning that. So. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking I can justify that by having those couple. You of could days. have a whole, whole fucking cake. I'll, 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 trust me, I'd flog a cake. Yeah, Fuck you. but like it, when you're running that, yeah, yeah. running yeah. that much, as long as your body's in shape and you can you can maintain it and you know yeah, where yeah. you're at, that's where that's you, right. Well, that's you can tell, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, tall. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you can feel it's like a car. You feel yeah, something you feel wobbling at the back. You're like, oh, fuck, the back tire's fucking no good. Yeah, yeah. If you're running, you're like, oh man, I'm getting a stitch. Like, like I'm, yeah, I have been drinking a fair bit of coke lately. Actually, like I might back that off, or you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I probably shouldn't have had that second slice of you know. Well, I, was, I just did a like two day fast or whatever, and I'm going to do that all the time because I fucking love cheesecake. I'm love like, God, I, I yeah, prefer yeah, not to fucking cake eat. Yeah, and I made this berry compote with whipped cream on top. And so after two days, that's what I ate, and then I had a scotch fillet with garlic butter. Yeah, like, no. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have one day a week where I don't eat, yeah. and once a month I'll do two days, and then I'm, I'm into it, man. Yeah, I've got a, such a sweet tooth; it's a fucking problem. Yeah. It's weird. Nah, it's just you train it. You train, yeah. I fucking love sweets too, yeah. but as soon as I get back on, because our, our sports a little different. If yeah. I if I have a bit of cake, I'd have to fucking yeah. Run you got the weight twelve situation. times. Yeah, awful. Yeah. If I have a little bit of extra grilled chicken, I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. We we had Mark Mark and his family over for a barbie. Um, oh, how long ago now? Oh, just before you fight. Yeah, it would have been like in January. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. It was just before you, because you were still. Yeah, maybe it was you like four weeks out. out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I wasn't even thinking, and then I sort of sort of felt bad at the end of it. But um, I put on a big bar. Love me barbecue, and so yeah. put on a big barbecue. And my wife made all these like sides and spreads and stuff like that. She didn't really just throw that in there because she just fucking yelled at him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but and then Mark walked in the door, and, and you know he's cutting a little bit of weight, and I'm like, oh. I completely forgot. I've cooked. I've got like four kilos worth of meat on the barbie oh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And then I see Mark. He's like got his scales out and he's weighing his food. I'm going, <laughs> this is so unfair. Meanwhile, I'm going, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. sad. Yeah, <laughs> it is sad that he's doing that. I enjoy just watching people eat that. Yeah, but I think what happens is, well, I found anyway. You know, not in a couple of days, so you go into a bakery and all your juices start going. Like you, yeah. it, yeah. it kind of helps you lose weight, I think, because your body's ready to eat. Yeah, and then you don't feed it. And it yeah, I don't think that helps. <laughs> I think it's the not eating. I think that, yeah, that's what one thing I've always admired. Obviously, Mark's my wife's trainer as well. So, yeah, like, yeah. when she starts going into um, sort of fight mode and cutting mode, I've always admired that. And like seeing that with Mark that night, it was just like, fuck, like the discipline has to be real. Because, yeah. like, if, and I'm, I mean, like he was, he had a scale there and he was weighing food out. And I'm going, Jesus Christ, like, I, I couldn't be, I couldn't do that. No. 
Whereas if, like, I think, like, mentally, if I put my mind to it and I thought, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to fucking stick to it, I could do it. But the way Mark was doing it, was just like, you know, he was in training camp. He was in the thick of it. And then yeah. when he come over and he's weighing out, I'm like, fuck, that's discipline. That's what it, that's what it that's takes. That's what it takes. That's what it's it takes. This, this is exactly the same as we were talking about before, though. It's just the switch thing. Yeah. Like, I thought this week, all right, I'm probably going to kind of start camp. Mm. Which hasn't been 100% decided. Yeah, no, <laughs> We've got to have, yeah, it's pending camp. Yeah. But there's potential that yeah. maybe in six weeks something will be happening. Yeah. So it's like instantly my mind just goes, and especially now because, you know, I'd had that year off yeah. and then, but now I've done a camp and yeah. had a fight. I'm like, it's even easier. Yeah. I can just go, but. Yeah. And it's, yeah. big, it's just like a trained thing. That's so cool. You, yeah. you learn how to do, I guess. And I know how to definitely switch it off now. Like, the, I never used to be able to do that. That's what, I'm, that's what I was talking about before. Your, your mental attitude towards it, that's what I've always been intrigued by is how someone can go from. Yeah, yeah, I'm still training, like doing doing what you're doing, mm. and then you go right. I'm fucking on. Mm. This is where I'm. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm doing now. Mm. Done. I'm not waiting for next Monday. I'm not waiting for Friday. I, I got my mate's birthday party. It's on. Mm. Yeah. Once Mark and Mark is a perfect example. Once it's on, it's on. It's not gonna. Yeah, yeah. He's not gonna change his mind. It's fine. I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm not gonna wait until Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, it's yeah. Fucking mm. right now. Right now. Now's the time. Yeah. Now's the I remember, I remember getting a call one day and being like, it was like late in the other and there was just a potential for a fight. I was like, fuck. All right, I've got Thinking to go about what you Yeah, I just yeah. stopped yeah. eating yeah. what I was eating. I like, waited until I digested and then just put the sweatsuit on and yeah. went running. Yeah. I was yeah. like, so fuck, that, it's yeah. time to go. That's, that's the, one, the one side of it that I've always sort of admired and looked at and went, fuck. Where they're, where they're at in their career and yeah. what they're doing, that's just unbelievable. One of those things where you can just go, bang, okay, right. this is what I'm doing now. I'm going to go for it, like Mark just said, I'm waiting for it to digest in my guts, which will take an hour, because yeah, you, yeah. you know his body. He knows you, you know mm-hmm. your body. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, take an hour, I'll do a shit after that, and then I'll go for a run. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. The crossroads. The crossroads. Mark's at the crossroads. I'll put him on the um, – we'll talk about CTE and, and, and the new tackle rules in rugby league. Yeah. Um, well, Mark was saying that the CTE thing kind of started in the states with the um, the NFL, gridiron and yeah. that, didn't it? NFL and um, as Wayne Bennett said recently, you know, if we want to have a game in the future, you got to stop the the head knocks. You yeah. know, like mums aren't going to put their kids into the into the game. Yeah. So what's what's your take on it? You know, has it are these have have they helped? Has it changed? I think the way that. I think it will look. Put it this way: it's, it's never been legal to tackle someone in the head. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's legal never anyway. been legal. But yeah. um, I think some blokes are taking the piss with laying down. I mean, like I said before, a bit soccer like. I, 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 I don't play the game to to play it up for penalties and things like that. So yeah. um, for blokes that they get brushed and they lay down and carry on for a penalty, um, I think that's not in the spirit of the game. No, and then. On that side of it, I think they should be penalised. Not penalised, but I think they need to go off. If they're going to lay down and... and, and That's know, right. Grab a chip, carry I, think, on, yeah. I think they've got to go off. Go but off. Go for a head knock. Yeah, go for a head knock assessment. Mm. Like, and it's hard. The way that the head knock assessments are now, it's hard. When, you, when, you, when you're fine, it's hard to do. So, oh, really? Like, what, what, what is it, you know, what's the technique of it? What oh, they they, they, so they give you... It used to be six words, but now it's ten words. You've got to repeat. So they give you, you know... Cup, cashew, you know, skull, 
cross and they, yeah. they, they give you 10 words at the start. So they sit down, they, they start the timer, they give you the 10 words and then they ask you a couple of follow-up questions like, um, you know, you experienced dizziness, um, you know, have you had headaches in the past, have you got a headache now, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then they'll ask for five words or they'll ask for six words and you've got to say them. doesn't matter yeah. what order it is, but you've just got to say them and then they'll ask you a couple more words and then you've got, they'll ask you the 10 words again. So they're not written oh, down. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. This it's is in the middle of the game. I can't remember. I wouldn't be able to do that right now. No yeah. way. No, that's what I mean. Like, so it's hard. It's hard to pass. That's why mm, when you yeah. see someone go for a head knock, you're like, oh, jeez. Like, if he's going to pass it, he's he has to be okay. Yeah. Before it used to be, you know, how many fingers? It was just it was predictable. No, it used to yeah. be. Um, yeah, I think it was only six words. The months of the year backwards, um, a couple of numbers, a couple of questions, and then the words again. So. Yeah. It was pretty, like you could get him. You could get him down, but um, yeah, now it's ten words, a couple of questions, six or seven words, and then a couple more. That's questions. tough to do because you're puffed anyway. Well, you're thinking you know, about yeah, the game because all yeah, you can yeah. hear is the roar of the crowd outside. So like, oh fuck, what's happening? Because you're not allowed screens in the sheds anymore. So it's no. like, it's um, you, you don't know what's happening. You're thinking about the game. You're trying to think like, am I rattled? Like far out? Like yeah, I went into that tackle a bit wrong, but like you know, it's, you know, it's just footy. Like you, you, you get yeah. some heavy knocks mm-hmm. every now and then. But, um, you know, going back to what you asked before, I think what, what we're doing and why we're doing it, I think that's the best thing for the game, but I think we could have just gone about it a different, a different way. Yeah. Um, dropping it on Magic Round like they did and having the send-offs. No one wants to see teams with le- – like, we played the Storm, we had 11 men on the field at one stage because we had blokes in the bin. Shit. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's not competitive. You're just out there. Yeah. And they're just laying on tries or putting on plays. But um, – um, you know, as far as what we're doing, looking out for people, I think the game's come a long way, and clubs are taking it a lot more serious yeah. than just sort of babying their 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 best players through a head knock. They're really looking after it. You know, you can see with the Boyd Corden and the Jake Friend. Um, you know, last year, um, you know, they had a couple of head knocks and they spent a bit of time on the on the sideline. Like Boyd had just retired and he hadn't played since Origin last year. Yeah. So, um, you know. You, yeah, that's right. Did too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but you, you've got to know when to call it. You, like you got to know. You, you've got to know yourself. You got to, like like Boyd said in his press conference, his heart was telling him to to keep going and stop being. You know, like don't let your teammates down. Don't let your club down. Yeah. But his his brain and heart was saying like you can't like you you can't afford it. Well, that's the thing. He's got a family. He's got all these other things. And, yep. Um, to think of. Yeah. Isn't it? You know. Yeah. Like yeah, it is nice. And we're very lucky to do what we do, for yeah. sure, for sure. But, um, you know, it only takes that one extra one. Like um, uh, Wade's one on the weekend. Um, Wade Graham's one on the weekend. Yeah. He, got, he went in low, uh, caught a hip on the way down, yeah. sort of got rattled there, and then um, one of his teammates' knees swung around and hit him flush in the temple. Oh. Then he tried to stand up, muscle memory, tried to stand up, hyperextended his knee when he stood up. So it's like... Oh, it's just one of those ones where it was yeah. just accident after accident, and then he stood up, and then he hurt himself with his knee, and now um, he's had a few head knocks as well. So, um, you know, and he's taking time away from the game to assess that. He's obviously going to go see his own doctors and things like that. So, yeah, I think I think that's smart. I think you know, anything with the head, neck, head, head, neck, and spine, I don't think you should muck around with. No, that's right. I think the key, the key moving forward for any contact sport is. The education people 
I think people need to be made aware of what they're getting into, number one, because I never had any fucking idea as yeah. a kid. I reckon I was concussed all, oh, yeah. all the time as a kid. Yeah. But I lived by myself and ran my own show, so yeah. I'd just go spar again. Like, yeah. It didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't matter. Um, but, like, the things that you can do for recovery to, to help your brain as well, mm-hmm. like the i'm pretty sure the hyperbaric chambers Mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's some fucking nutrition stuff we could do um whatever else they got they got they got some pretty cool treatments muscle memory games yeah cards things like that but that just needs to be kind of pushed forward and and i think like any participant in any of those sports like there should be more of a push to one for the awareness of it which is seem like that seems to be happening now and then two, like, how can you best combat it yeah. um, moving forward and and after when you retire as well, I think. Um, but, yeah, because most people are just looking. It goes back to the old, like, the punch drunk syndrome. Mm. Like, that's, that's where the term comes from. And then CTEs, it's the scientific terminology. terminology. What does CTE stand for? Fuck, I can't remember. You watch the concussion movie with Will Smith no, and you find I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to watch it. Yeah, I watched it. Fuck me out. Really? Next week on well, Smackdown. Well, yeah, this, this is, and this is where, like, the funny crossroads that I'm at because, like, to be honest, yeah, that's everyone else's worry for me, I think. Mm. And I don't show any of the motor skill yeah. patterns. I think I still speak okay, although, I, like, I slur, but I'm just a lazy We're cunt. from the South. <laughs> 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 I don't have any mouth that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, and I, um, yeah, but I'm at this weird stage because I, you know, I'm in a sport where I wasn't fortunate enough to make a living at the level that I'm at. Like, mm. it's hard. It's a hard gig, mm. gig being a domestic pro boxer. Yeah. You have to take certain risks and just hope that one day it works out. Mm. And now I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not going to get financial reward for it. But um, my fire's, like, really reignited. Mm. We, we talk about the ego and shit, but, like, I don't know. I just have a desire again to really to go out and try and stamp i feel like the journey's unfinished mm. which it always feel i think because i wanted to be a world champion as a kid yeah. but i realize that's not going to happen now but to be like an australian champion or i just want one of my own little bit of history going and and to finish on my terms or mm. i feel like coming off that the year off coming back fighting the best guy yeah, and isaac hardman yeah. You know, not going out on my terms, knowing that I underperformed purely because of time out of the ring. Mm. Um, like, that's hard for me to f- sit on, even though, like, I'm sure, like, Matt's a good friend of mine now. Like, I'm sure he'd be happy for me to stop now. Mm. I'm sure M would oh, be happy for me to I, stop. I understand. I completely understand the motivation for it, though. Like, mm. a, it's a real tough one. Yeah, man. because I easy. fucking love it, too. Yeah. Like, I love this sport, and I, and I want to, like, I'm a fighter. Like, I want to still fight yeah. for, you know, I don't know how long for I do yeah. have to come up. One, if I'm, I've got to speak to him to see if I'm allowed. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got to draw a line in the sand at some point, right? So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a funny place to be in. Um, 31's a funny age for a guy as well. Anyway, I, like I'm 45 in that now, mm. and it's a bit of a transition point. You've you got kids and stuff, and mm. the youth, that, that, that thing's it's, gone, it's you know. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's weird because I, I didn't play any sport, you know, so I was always working and, and things like that. And I wish I had, you know, I wish I had um, a club or a team saying, it would be fucking great to have yeah. teammates, you know. I think yeah, with, with Mark as well, with the um, with boxing, it's a it's an escape from reality as well because, like I said before, if he's not thinking about boxing, he's going to get punched in the head. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So in, in, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, like – when I'm in camp, when I'm thinking about that, that's all I'm thinking about. You're not thinking about other things that you need yeah. to do or need mm-hmm. to be done or things that need to be paid. You're not thinking about that because when you're in the moment, you're in the moment. Because mm-hmm. if you're not, you're going to get yeah, laid out. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I fully understand that. Um, you know that desire and the fire that you still have. It's yeah, that's that's super understandable and relatable for me because you know I, I can see that. You know, when my wife comes home from training, she's like, "Yeah, Mark was on tonight." Like you, He's you, into you, it. you, you could you could see it like. And yeah, I understand that. I fully understand it. But mm. that's where it, where it'll come down to you and your loved ones. But ultimately, it's going to come down to you. At the end of the day, mm. is whether you um, you know want to put yourself through um, you know the, the, those those regiments that you do, the training that you do, or you're going to do. You know how much it's going to hurt. You know what's going to be coming for you. You know the pain you're going to go through. You're going to pick up injuries through training and overtraining and undertraining, things like that. You're going to think that you haven't done enough or you've done too much or have I done enough recovery. All those things are going to be answered when you when you get down to it. You're like, you know, when you write down your pros and cons of what you want to do, you know, you, you'd probably want your pros to outweigh the cons, mm. but realistically those cons are going to be a lot more serious than your pros, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, have so, you done that? Have you actually – written it out like balanced it out in my head that (laughs) (laughs) put it down on paper put it down on paper and you can actually tick it off make it math see I know I want to do it yeah I know I want to well that's because it's it's unquestionable I know how I feel right now it's been different to how I felt many in many years like probably since 2017 like I feel driven to, to get back and put in some good performances yeah but I know the the pros from the outside perspective like there's not many there really mm. in terms of financial reward, or reward or anything, yeah. and you know obviously you're gonna go through camp you're gonna be able, you're gonna get well, a that's interesting would damage. you still do this if it was amateur would you still be playing as hardcore and all that no you no no so if there's no financial reward it, look I, I love the game i i, I love the game love yeah. the game but what we put our bodies through, what we expose ourselves to. Um, you got to get something. Well, you got to yeah. be covered. I mean, like mm-hmm. I was only saying this about my sister the other day. Um, you know, when she was coming through the ranks, um, she broke her hand one year, and it cost her ten thousand dollars out of her own pocket because she she wasn't covered. There was no insurance for women's rugby league. Yeah. So she was just playing football for the love of it. She broke her hand. It was a ten thousand dollars surgery plus recovery plus rehabilitation after that. So yeah. you're probably looking at twelve, thirteen grand out of her own pocket that she saved up, worked hard for. Yeah. It's not like she's on a fancy salary. Mm. Oh, but she probably is now because she's climbing. <laughs> so, um, we have to get her on actually. Yeah, you, mate, you'd have to. She's got yeah, an yeah. unbelievable story, but um, yeah, she had to pay that, and I saw that. But then what I saw after that was her determination and drive to come back from that injury, rehabilitate that injury, and then come back to a level where she's back to her best, yeah. and blazing trails like she did. So, you know, that was you know a, a big driving force for me for sure so to see her do that. But like I said, if you know, I'm under no, I'm under no illusions that um you know i'm at the back end of my career um you know one serious injury away from something 
yeah. you know, a career-ending injury. Yeah. But like Mark, at the moment, I feel unbelievable. This is the easily the fitter, fittest I've been my whole career. Yep. Easily the fittest I've been my whole career. I'm playing at a high level. I'm training with some of the best in the game. I'm still competing and I can still offer something. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If I was battling injury, taking two or three weeks off just to play one game and then take another two weeks off, then I'd be like, well, one, I'm, I'm hurting my club because my salary's eating up salary space. Yeah. But I'm letting my teammates down. I feel like I'm not giving them the best. Mm. Yeah, I can mentor them for sure. And I'll always do that throughout my career. I'll always mentor, just like I had mentors when I was going through the, through the ranks. But there's only so far that that, yeah. the, the pros before the cons. Well, yeah, so you've been a professional uh, player since your 20s, was it? Early 20s? Yeah, well, I, I did my first pre-season when I was 19. 19. With the first grade yeah. squad, but yeah, I, I played footy at 20, yeah. So it's coming up. 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. And how long's the how long's the lifespan for a, a league player, professional? Dance? Not very long, man. Yeah, not very long now. And the amount of time you put into it, you've got nothing else in your life, really. Yeah. You've got this for 12 years. So you need to make something in 12 yeah, years. I you know. to, yeah, I need to make it. And, like, you know, the, the first couple of years of my career, like I said, I was, you know, well, I met Ash when I was 23. So um, those first couple of years of my professional career and earning decent money up, to be honest, I pissed it up the wall. Yeah. Just because I'd never had it. Yeah. Mark and I have talked about this before. I went from having no money, getting by through the skin of my teeth, to all of a sudden getting a decent salary and being in a one-team town running off Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, yeah. And I was single. So you, you could imagine how much money I wasted oh, through shit, those yeah. years. And then I met my wife and thank God I met my wife. And she's just like, that's not normal. Like at one stage there, I had three or four motorbikes and two cars and a truck. <laughs> I'm only one, but I can only drive one of them at a yeah. time. So I was just like, like I was just buying things just to buy it because I never had it and I always yeah. wanted it. But now looking back, I just, I just shake my head and I was like, Jesus Christ, like what an idiot. So by the time I'd pay for Rego on one, two or three, yeah, sure. four and five was already coming on, six was out. So yeah, I'd yeah. pay more money to get that back into Rego and then yeah. I'd go back to one and two and they'd be coming up and like, Jesus Christ, and then that's when my wife said, or my, Ashley at the time, she, um, she said, that's not, that's not normal. Like, you're not living a normal life. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, where do you think you live? So, and then I started to understand, because back then, Mark and I spoke about this before, I didn't respect money, because no. I never had it. So when I had it, I just spent it. And Burns it. a hole in your pocket. Well, yeah. I was just like, oh. Yeah, find it again. My friend, yeah, my friends were like, oh, can I have some money? I'm like, sweet, I'll get paid next month on the 15th, sweet. No worries, here you go, have it. You know, I'd give give things to my friends, give things to my family, but now I look back on it, I'm like far out, like that. Right, like now in my life, where I'm at now, I could definitely use that, invest that in something else yeah. that that make me money or could possibly make me money. So um, yeah, the, yeah, the first. But you got to do it though, you know. You like, I, it. like I said, mate, I was I was only 21 <laughs> yeah, years old. Like so, I would have done it if I was you. Yeah, yeah, great. 21 years old, coming from nothing, and then all of a sudden having something. Of course, no, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to piss it out the wall. Yeah. But, um, yeah, thank God I met my wife and she told me, yeah. Sorted that out. Sorted that out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so with, um, you know, so you sound like you're still loving it, but have you got plans, let's say, when you're in your 40s or something like that after? Yeah, now I've got a couple of things that I want to do, but, you know, physically I can't do it at the moment. Like, um, you know, I love my landscaping. I'd love to work oh, yeah. and have my own landscaping business, but, um, you know, under the contracts and rules that the NRL have at the moment, I'm not allowed on a job site. 
Fuck, really? Yeah. So I can do all the, the theory, but, um, you know, I can't just get the hands-on stuff, which is obviously landscaping. You need to, you yeah. need to get out there. It's mm. pretty hot, man, in Australia. 42 degrees outside, oh, digging in the garden. Running around yeah. the field, getting smashed <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, an easy so. day to <laughs> run in 120 kilometers. Yeah, yeah, you know, fair enough. Players, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you know, I'd love to have that. Um, I'd love to have my own gym. Um, you know, fitness is, a, is, you know, no more than this year have I really sort of, um, you know, focused in and, and, and really got, um, you know, my training in a line and to where I, where I wanted to be. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the benefits of it now. So it's like, you know, it's driving home for me even more. So, you know, to have a high-performance gym here in Wollongong, awesome. um, you yeah. know, that'd be great just for, um, you know, the Illawarra region produces the most professional athletes in the whole of Australia. Wow. So, Does it really? Yeah. So if I put a high-performance unit here, yep. you know, get blokes like Mark in if there's boxes, um, you know, get people like... Yeah, Sally Fitzgibbon, Dean Bowen, if they're surfers, yeah, yeah. get them in. You know, get, McKeon, some, man. get some skaters. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Things like that, where, I, where I'd, I'd love to do. That's you a know, great idea. That'd, that'd yeah. be the that'd be the end goal. But um, you know, I'm doing my entrepreneur course at the moment. Um, you know, just doing little bits and pieces, things that I can get tickets under under my belt while yeah. I can um, while I'm playing football. Um, you know, just so you're looking forward as well. Keep you know? racking. Yeah, yeah, all I am, mate. Yeah, I am. But you know, realistically, I want to. Like I said, I'm, I'm feeling good. I really want to play on. Like, you reckon you'll make the Kangaroos? Don't know. Oh, that's that's too far. I don't look at it. I yeah. don't look at seasons like that. I, I break them down in the blocks. So, so the start of pre-season to Christmas, that's one block. So that's yep. usually like six to eight weeks. Christmas to um, the first trial, that's another six weeks. First trial to the third trial, it's usually about three, three, three weeks. And then round one to the first buy. So I'm in my first block of the year. Yeah, so okay. Round one to the first buy, that's a block. The first buy to the second buy, that's usually like two weeks. And then the, the back end is, you know, the second buy to the end yeah. of the year. And then the last block's finals. And then it just restarts again. Yeah. Just predictable. Mm. Just starts all over again. So I'm in the first, oh, sorry, the third block of my year at the moment. Yeah. This, uh, like I, I used to watch um, League religiously and I've kind of dropped off it and I jumped back in and what the hell happened to Penrith? Like Unbelievable. a few years ago, they were just nothing. They, were, they weren't happening. Well, know? this is probably all the, the child of um, Phil Gould. So oh, yeah, he yeah. he's always been, and I, I think it's spot on the money, and you can see it right now. But um, you know, developing juniors. So yeah. the, all those juniors, all those Penrith players, they're all come from Penrith. Have they? Were, that's great. That's yeah. because they would develop when they were younger. See yeah. where the problem lies is. At their back end of this year, so last year was okay because no one came off contract. But at the back end of this year and next year, they're all coming off contract. And other clubs keep them. You've only got a salary cap, so when you get the salary cap, once you fit them in, there's going to be players that are going to miss out, and there's going to ruffle some other feathers in the team, or they're going to bring someone in that doesn't sit right with the group, and that'll undo them. But what you're seeing is the product of players that are willing to stick it out and and grow yep. together as a crew and unfortunately that's the nature of the beast of the NRL is um, yeah. you know when you're hot you're hot and then teams want to pay money for you so that's you know. a, well it keeps it interesting though eh? like who would have thought Penrith at the top well I was really surprised when I saw him holy shit yeah, but and they're playing good footy as well you can see this coming you can see yeah, this coming yeah. for a couple of years because their yeah. lower grades were going really good and then those lower grades obviously get promoted into first grades when the first graders move on or retire or do yeah. whatever and they just get promoted and they start developing, they start getting those mental toughness that we were talking about before, the physical yep. side of it starts to come into them. And then all of a sudden they're a complete football player. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. That's wow. it. That was fucking 
Good chat, Taz. That was good chat. Never do, didn't it? Yeah. It's good. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I. I'll bring the bell next time for nah, sure. Nah, that was great, perfect. man. It was perfect. 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 That's what we did. You got Mark thinking. <laughs> no, I'm going to go fucking run now. You're going to yeah, fly yeah. it up, man. First, you've got a pen and paper, start writing some pros and cons down. Pros and, then, and cons. We'll I have to a, call them. Go for a run, yeah. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you. Thanks. Good job. All right. Thanks, guys.